0: Welcome to Women in Electronics, the only show that empowers, develops, advocates, and celebrates the accomplishments and advancement of women in the electronics industry. With your host, Jackie Maddox.
1: Here we are again with another episode of Women in Electronics podcast series with our leader and highlight, Blair Haas from Bud Industry Part 2. Thank you again for being here, Bud. Blair, I just called you Bud, but Blair.
0: Many people do that, actually. So that was my father, by the way. So he was was
1: my (laughs) brother-in-law.
0: There you go. We're, We're already connected.
1: Well, okay. so I just have to circle back around and say we had such a nice chat with part one that I decided, you know, let's extend this because I had so much more to talk to you about. And I'm thoroughly enjoying talking to you. So I want to pull as much out of you as I can. Well,
0: Thank you. Thank you. This is a lot of fun.
1: (laughs) So, okay. Let's start with, you know, in our last session, we talked about you, the the organization, what you do. We talked about mentorship. Um, We talked about a lot of things. And now I want to circle back around and ask you all these years you've been doing this. Like, what is your personal why? What makes you get up in the morning, do what you got to do, face the challenges day after day after day all these years?
0: You know, it's something that comes up often, actually, because when you hit a certain age, everybody wonders, well, why aren't you retiring or when are you going to retire and so forth? And, and I always joke I'm my son's worst nightmare because I have no plans to retire. The why, I think, is if you're in this industry, you probably know why. This is the most fascinating industry to be a part of and involved in. Not only are we on the cutting edge and you're aware of what's happening and what's coming down the road, but also we have opportunities in in, in industry today. There's so much changing every day is different. And I think about what we've gone through in the last, say, four or five years where we started as an industry trying to figure out what are we going to do with tariffs? And how do we handle that? And then we got into a once in a, hopefully, 100-year pandemic. And then we got into how do you deal with people working from home? And how do you get your culture going? And and it's actually a good networking topic, too. And then we're dealing with supply chain issues, where stuff coming in from Asia suddenly goes from four to six weeks on a ship to 20. How do you balance that? What do you do? And, And now we're rolling into inflation issues. But new technologies, new applications, I mean, there's so much that changes. It's not I have friends that were, you know, patent attorneys or something, you know, that only gets so exciting after 40 years. But what we're doing is just so exciting. You know, it's the reason you can have a leadership conference Um, and the ECIA does it because there's always something new to be learning and dealing with. So, I mean, in addition to personal, you know, family and all of that great stuff, uh, in, in my personal why, but my professionally, this is just still a lot of fun.
1: Oh, I love that because that's how I feel. I'm so blessed that I get to do this on a different level, be in the industry, and work with a lot of the leaders, but see what's going on. It's fascinating to me, and I agree with you. With yeah. retirement, by the way like, I don't know, especially me having three kids. Okay. I don't know if I can ever afford to retire. <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole nother question. That's a whole nother thing, but yes, but I agree with you. It's an industry that's very relationship driven. It's innovative. So it's like you, you find your place to call home and and it becomes like family. So a lot of those young rising professionals, it's kind of like you, know, you kind of can come in, but you can't get out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hotel California. Here we are. Okay.
1: Yes, exactly. So, okay. So I'm going to circle back around because um, we had some mentorship discussions, but okay. So what are your guiding leadership principles? Because I know when I, when we talk to a lot of leaders on this program, it's always fascinating to me to listen to them, like what guided them through time? You know, what what is it that they come back to that always helps in good and bad times? And I remember one guest I interviewed, he said to me, you know, growth is also challenging. So he applied a lot of his um, leadership principles to times of challenge and growth, because he said some of his most challenging times were in growth. So you've had both. So what are some of those guiding principles?
0: It's a good question. I think guiding principles really are and I keep coming back to this. There are a couple of things that I come back to. One is being able to pivot and being able to change your direction, change your opinion, change your approach when it needs. And I'm not talking about willy nilly, you know, we were going left now. Oh, everybody, let's go right. And you get those visions of that ship that's like leaning left and right and so forth. That's not what I'm talking about. I think I'm the thing that, that helps me guide my team, I think, is that we're often focused on what's next. What do we want to do next? And I know I've touched on this a little bit, but I think just the ability to understand the customers and where they're going and how we can best help them and help our team. You know, there's an interesting trend in the in industry in general today, and there are some companies that are really doing great guns at this. It used to be all about profit. And the goal was you make a lot of money for shareholders. Well, we're a family business, so making money for shareholders allows holiday gatherings to be much more pleasant. But there's a different piece to this. You want to treat your employees as well as you can. You want to treat your customers. You know, it's funny. We we had a dinner at EDS with with some of our distributor friends, and I call them friends. And they commented that you can tell Bud is a family business because we treat everybody like they're part of our family. They know about our kids and they know about my grandkids, because anybody who knows me knows a lot about my grandkids. But it's really all about relationships. While we're getting back to mentoring, you know, no matter what I'm talking about and and building those relationships. And I think, you know, just a side issue, because you can't keep me on topic, is we all have to adjust to being in a hybrid era and how do you develop relationships in a hybrid area era. And I keep thinking about my youngest son and his friends are also used to communicating and, and even his older brothers to some extent through social media and not, you know, here's my Instagram of me, you know, balancing the dog in the air. But this is what it's really about. How do they keep in touch with each other all the time without having face to face time? And you begin to build these relationships and make the connections. And and again, through industry associations, through LinkedIn, I mean, there's so many people that post their resume on LinkedIn and that's all they ever do. And and you miss huge opportunities. I know of a situation where, you know, two people connected, it made a huge career difference just because they knew someone on LinkedIn and that, that person connected them. So mentorship isn't only, hey, my company doesn't allow me to travel or we're watching travel in this COVID era, it's also about how are you making your connections with others through social media and, and learning? You know, we talk about what am I learning? I didn't grow up with social media. Right. You know, I remember when calculators came on board and we were actually allowed to use them in class. It was a big deal. So, you know, technology has moved a long way. And and I learn a lot from the people who are younger than me, more tech-savvy because this is how our world operates today. I, how else am I going to keep in touch with my suppliers and my factory in Asia? You know, we've got to be dealing with things very differently.
1: Oh, I love that point too, um, because we have to start utilizing the technology we create. Right always so great at that, um, in this industry, but I agree with you. Um, you know, a lot of times we'll have, see a chapter meeting at women electronics or some kind of a training mm-hmm. or whatever. And I'm always saying, connect with people on LinkedIn, get those names. It's not a one and done, you know, keep these relationships going. So we're on the same page with that, but you did say something kind of critical. You said having the ability to change your opinion. Ooh, that's hard. And, and that's something a lot of people don't do. And I really commend you for saying that. I don't even know if you realized you said that because you probably, you're doing it naturally. The fact that it flowed out so easily, that's the hardest thing is to get a leader to change their opinion when they're, you know, on the wrong path, because it's, it's you've got to account for that. And, and there's a lot of very healthy ways of doing that, but I love that you just said that. Maybe you could speak to that for one moment because how is it that you could change your opinion? We don't see that very often.
0: So I'll give you an example because I'm not known for being incredibly flexible within our company. If you ask my reports, they'll all say, he, he knows where he's going. But we had a big process of trying to track our inventory accuracy. Okay. And you know, I'm like, every time I look, that product isn't where it should be and it isn't the count we want and so on and so forth. And then they came back with numbers and said, listen, we've got 98.5% accuracy of our inventory. I know we could probably get to 99, but you're making us sit-in meetings, approve all this, do all of this. And again, this is an egregious example of where I can latch on like a dog with a bone sometimes. But, but I said, you know, you guys are right. I'm wasting your time and my time on this. So I won't say that I'm not opinionated, but I think As long as someone comes to me and says, listen, this is how we really should be doing this. And and I love the concept of learning from someone else what they're doing in those areas that I say, wow, I see you're doing this and you're getting this kind of result. How can we change what we're doing to move in that direction? It was like our our fast delivery on, on modified products. You know, everybody said you can't get closer than, you know, four weeks or six weeks. And we walked through it and we worked and they changed my opinion a little bit. I changed their opinion. I learned a lot. But it's it's all about communication and it's all about an understanding. And, and I think for people that are learning, the most important thing, and they talk about it, whether you're asking for a raise, whether you want a promotion. And I know they claim that, that women often have a harder time with this. I'm not sure if that's true or false, but come with your facts. Right. You know The best way to change someone's mind is present them with facts. Now, you're going to run into people who are unchangeable, and, right. and that tells you time to find a new culture. But I think, you know, if you can come in and explain, hey, I think we should be doing it this way because this is going to do X, Y, and Z. It's going to save us money. I did a quick analysis. I did this. And, again, you can tell I'm fairly data-driven. That's the piece that that I think adds so much value to a team. But yes. if you come in, it's not all about just opinions because that starts it. Hey, I got a great idea. But now you've got to back that idea up. And and if you're in the right kind of an organization, then you should be able to move mountains because yes. you've got all that information. You've done your work and, and you rise because you're doing that.
1: I love that point. And, and for a lot of people listening you know, one area we see that we have as women in general, I'm talking in generalities, um, is that women typically don't um, sell themselves, you know, to their company or, you know, really document things that they've done or what they've researched. They, they look at it like they're just touting themselves. But that's not actually true. If you find a better way, you've done your research, go present it with confidence. And it's amazing what you can do. A lot of men actually have those skills. They actually a really good job with that so we can learn from each other. And then you mentioned also um, part of this is is the whole collaboration key. So you talked about distribution in part one, and then really focusing on the end user and meeting their needs. It's really that collaborative effort between the manufacturer, the distributor, and the end user. If you don't have that and you're not willing to pivot, we miss out on so much, right? So Correct.
0: And Not only that, but then let's not forget about our friends in the rep network but those are all key parts. You know, I look at us as each having a specific role, but the question is how do you keep that communication flow going up and down the chain? You know, we all have CRMs that work to some level or not um, and give you more information than you ever know what to do with or not. But I think just concepts, I think the hardest thing to do is to get beyond your day-to-day moment and sort of look at the broader picture and say, okay, where is all this going? I've got this data point, this data point, this data point. What does this mean? And and that's where having a diverse collaborative team can help. And sometimes you don't have that in your company. Uh, unfortunately, you've got some very good siloed people who do a great job at what they're doing, but you can't use them as a resource. And right. that's where reaching out, whether it's through LinkedIn, whether it's reaching out through People you knew in school, whether it's and they're in a different industry entirely, but say, hey, I've got this problem. Have you run into this? What do we do? How do we what are you seeing in this area? You know, and hybrid office structure, for example, is a great example. There's nothing unique about our industry. And and I think we have all pulled together probably dozens of different approaches for people, some more amenable, some not, some much better for your business. Some doesn't matter. And I think if you talk about where changing opinions has been so difficult for so many leaders, you know, we've talked about this at, at um, ECIA and other places, you know, what's that right mix? And, and then you go, oh, my goodness, my culture, how will they know my culture? But I suddenly realize the people are the culture. So if you're keeping your people happy because they don't have to fight an hour of traffic each way five days a week. You're, you're creating a great culture for your team that's going to keep them there and happy. Now, do they need to be together to collaborate? Of course, at some moments. But that's very different. You know, I joke about it. I'm coming back into the office now. I sort of fought a tooth and nail leaving and then coming back. But, you know, I realize I don't come here to get my heads down work done because it isn't going to happen. That's, that's right. what I do at home. So as long as you understand what you're trying to accomplish... You know, because to make someone come in who sits at their desk head down all day long, you're wasting their time and your time because someone's going to want to talk about the All-Star game last night or someone's going to want to talk about whatever it was and they're not going to get work done.
1: I used to have this problem when I was in the channel and and we'd go to the office and then I'd have to go home at night and do my work. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I really believe it. In remote working, and there's some personality types that just do it really well. And by the way, the industry is still struggling with this. This is still and
0: I think we will for a generation to come because yes. your newer, your younger people, and not so young people are really enjoying work from home that they never thought they would enjoy. Now, again, if you're young and you've got your first apartment with three roommates, you know, in Manhattan, probably yes. not so fun to work from home. Yes. But, you know, otherwise it's really a great opportunity to do what you need to do.
1: I agree a hundred percent, but you know, I just want to circle circle back real quick too, because you mentioned, you know, kind of working with the channel. I, I think one of the things that I'm enjoying so much with women electronics is that we're pulling together all aspects of the channel end users, manufacturers, distributors, reps, you name it. I think it's so critical uh, touching on that topic that people do like what you described, reach out across, across the channel. It doesn't always have to be in your organization. If you need help with something, you need advice, you need whatever, there's this huge channel we have, a very, it's a sophisticated channel. There's a lot of people who know a lot of things. And I believe what you said is absolutely correct that your peers are probably the best advice and the best input and the best, best knowledge as you move forward. So I just wanted to say that because I thought that's such a critical point. And then I can't believe how fast our time goes Blair. I mean, it's like, we, we just keep talking to you and I, but
0: I warned you guys said, once I start, I don't stop. I warned you.
1: <laughs> I love it though. So, okay. So we only have time for like One and a half (laughs) questions. So I wanted to circle back around though. And, you know, in the prior interview, we talked about community, which kind of struck a nerve with me because I do believe that. But what is your, you know, for the rising leaders that are listening right now, and even not even just any leaders that are listening right now, if we can impart, you know, like I said, Women Electronics, this is like an indirect form of mentorship. If you can say, what is your best mentorship advice for where you sit now to other people trying to rise in their careers?
0: I think the best, and, and I've probably said this four times and and I hope it's not getting too redundant. Talking to the most number of people, however you can do it comfortably for yourself is the best mentorship advice I can give. So if you're not comfortable in a big group setting, find a way to make it a smaller setting. Get involved with a subgroup, get involved with something more one-to-one. If you're really good at big crowds and you can network them like crazy, go for it. But I think the the piece is don't restrict yourself. Right. That's, you know, again, I talked about community involvement. I, you know, anybody at any level, you know, you're if you're just coming into this industry and you're like, what is this all about? You know, there are people you can reach out to who are just delighted to hear from you um, and just say, hey, I've just joined this company. You could reach up ranks within your business, or if you're a manufacturer, you're dealing with distributor contacts. You know, it's funny, I was chatting with different people in the industry who I've known for years, and they tell me, oh, my first job was as a bud buyer at at a distributorship, for example. And we've known each other because I was on the sales phone at the time. So here we both come up in very different facets of the industry, and, and you can build these relationships as you go. So I think... Key mentorship advice is learn as much as you can from as many diverse people and just keep aware of what's going on. And if you do this better online, do it online. Don't force it in an uncomfortable way because you're not going to get anything out of it. You'll be too stressed. But don't hesitate to just send a note to anybody. Worst thing you get is you don't get an answer and then you move on to the next one. So whatever format works best is, is what you need to do.
1: Well, that comes back to being authentic. So we're always doing a lot of trainings and education on this, but I agree with you hundred percent. Like not everybody's the best social media networker. Not everybody's the best in person, but pick what is authentically matches your personality and just capitalize on that. I love that point because I don't think we've ever talked about that, but that makes me aware that we need to start promoting that more. And I will conclude with this. Okay. Okay. Just to say that um, part of why I'm just so honored and I love doing podcasts like this is just I look at people like you and you're you're irreplaceable, right? There's leaders that really have withstood the test of time in our industry. And this is, you know, it's not a gender conversation. It's a leadership conversation and that we could all learn from each other. But I hope and my message is all these leaders who have withstood this test of time and and have all this insight in our industry that you can't possibly take that knowledge you have Blair and put it into a young rising leader. I mean, it is unbelievable. The knowledge I hope will always stay in the game. I hope we'll always mentor, give that guidance, give the industry knowledge, keep helping those young rising leaders. Um, That would be my message that I hope that those leaders always keep that in mind, that the mentorship is so needed and valued and important right now.
0: And I think people recognize that. And I think, you know, the problem is it's hard if you're a leader in the company to know who's interested. Right. You know, it's sort of like talking to your kids about your life before they were around. You know, they're only so interested. So you don't know who's interested. So again, I, I suggest reach out. You'll be stunned at how many people are eager to chat and eager to share information and help you along if you ask.
1: Hmm. With that, we will conclude part two. And it was just an absolute pleasure talking. This was a
0: treat for me. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. It's fun fun chatting and, and I appreciate your kindness in, in doing this with me.
1: Oh my goodness. So real quick, will you be at the ECIA conference in October? Yes. Okay, good. So we have, yay. So I will see you in person. We have um shout out for the ECIA executive conference in October. And then we also have our Women Electronics Luncheon directly following. So hope to see you there, Blair. Hope Great. to see many people as possible there. And we have our Women Electronics Conference in September. So lots of fun things going on, but we will uh, catch you next time around.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you. You've been listening to another episode of Women in Electronics right here in Orange County's only community radio station, OC octalkradio.net.